Oh my guy. That's how you doing it? See? You see the LSU colors? What up, my guy? Hey, this is the first time we have two for two on the show. Two so, Floridas, so, so, two LSU. That is the first time. How come I know you went to LSU? I don't know why you know that. I guess I wouldn't be enough. See though. what he brought uh, in here. He got, he got a double. You know you went to LSU? Who you play with? Oh, shoot, who not? Rohan. So I was there. Rohan, Trail. The first year we won the Sugar Bowl with Nick was my senior year. I'm tripping, though. Y'all ain't yeah. gonna make me cry in this moment. I'm just letting you know. He's taking the glasses hey, off. He's he gonna slide the glasses off. No, I'm on my nose. Hey. Hold up. Limitless. Take a summer cap, pin in it. I thought they hear the witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a summer cap, pin in it. I thought they hear the witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. What up, fellas? We back on the pivot. And we got a big show. I mean, like. Like a, a huge show. And I know people feel like all big the shows pivot. are huge, but this is a huge show. I mean, like big Aristotle big, you know what I'm saying? Like like big diesel big. And you know, this is The Pivot, so we want you to subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you like, too. Like, don't just watch the show, think the show is great, and then don't like it. You know, I got my boy Freaky Freddy, Freddy Flowers. We got Chan with the new teeth. Like you know what I'm like saying? We back in there. You know what I'm saying? We back. What's your big ass laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we over there laughing now. Man, I, don't, I don't want no problem. I'm going to live now, baby. Before we get started, though, I, I want to I wanna give props to you, brothers. Great show. Great content. I like how y'all make people show the size that we didn't know. Michael Beasley interviewed. I, like, I never knew that about the brother. So I just want to give you guys props for, you know, doing, doing great work. Like, some people just do podcasts, but I see y'all trying to help people out and, you know, help understand people. So that's why when you called me and said, yo, do you want to be on the show? I was like, of course. Every time I hear you talking to you, I'm like, I like this kid right here. I, I really do. So I you appreciate just, you know, I having you on the show. No, you are. You. Yeah, you. You see, he put his glasses yeah, on, yeah. too. He, he trying to hide his tears. Because he won't cry on the show. He's going to hide those tears. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to say this, though. I'm going to say this, Shaq. This is the first time. This is the first time we've ever had a guest on. I mean, Freddie wore the, the jersey for the A-Rod jersey, but we got Lakers jerseys, we got Lakers hats, but the- My wife, the, my wife went and got this for me today. Today? Today, this thing fresh, I just took the stickers off. But, but the real thing is though, was, was really true, the real purple and gold that Shaq wore is that LSU purple and gold. It's the first time, man, I've been two for two on the show now. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time I, I ain't been outnumbered by Gators. But you know, when you go to LSU- oh, you Gators? Got, both of them. 100%. Oh, man. Come on, dog. Oh, man. I thought you yeah, oh, man. No, I didn't. You ain't no, You ain't know this nigga went to LSU. Yeah, but, but hold on. <laughs> we don't mess with no Gators. <laughs> why not? I mean, there's no. a reason why. No. What you mean the reason why? Because man, I'm three and one against LSU. Freddie T, you remember when you came to LSU yeah. in 97 and y'all was number that's, one? That's one win. Yeah, okay. But that's one win. I want to know how his bros, right? His not Omegas, cause you Omega. But how they gonna feel about this this purple and gold he got on? They're gonna lie cause he went to LSU. You know it. LSU, but he's confused. He's confused. I used to average twenty nine fifteen on you, Gator. But <laughs> <laughs> hell, That's we, a had to bring, we had to bring a new chain for your ass. Y'all you know, wish you could go twenty nine and fifteen on somebody. You the biggest human in the world. I know, I know. Best college back. So when Young Shaq. It's coming up. And you know, obviously, with you being at the school, you know, I followed 
how you were raised and how you were brought up and what brought you to LSU. But but what type of, of parents and, and leadership and guidance do you have to have when you have a kid who's obviously immensely talented, also just freaking huge? You know what I mean? What was that type of discipline like that allowed you to get to college, go to LSU, and then go on and be the type of athlete you were in the NBA? His discipline is not allowed to be used today. They call it spanking, but mine was above a spanking, and I'm glad he did it. I'm not one of those guys, oh, yeah. no, nah, thank you. Passed away seven, eight years ago, and I'm sad because I never got to tell him thank you enough. I was a high-level juvenile delinquent. His only mission was to teach me to be a leader, not a follower. It all started, I actually started playing basketball because I watched a movie called Fisher Save Pittsburgh, Dr. J. And I heard of Dr. J, but I was like, this is Dr. J? And my dad knew my love for Dr. J, so he said, okay, you're not really doing well in school. You do better in school, I'll take you to see Dr. J. So I managed to get all C's. We go to Madison Square Garden, because I'm from Newark, New Jersey. So, you know, we go to Madison Square Garden, we at the top. You know, it's my first time in the rain. I'm like, damn, this is nice. Dr. J goes baseline, throws it down, the crowd goes crazy. It's like a bunch of basketball guys just like, just like enter me. Like I knew then that this is what I wanted to do. And my father was a military drill sergeant. You couldn't say, hey, or hi, you'd have to address him as sir. And like, if you say sir and he don't respond, he don't feel like talking. So I was like, sir, I know what I want to do. And his words, I think I was like 12 or 13. If you listen to me, I'll make you one of the best big men ever. And that's how I started playing basketball. So it was a lot of discipline, a lot of love and the, the, the best thing he taught me is to never be satisfied. I played football. I was tight in. You know, I used to bring my trophies home on Saturday, and on Sunday, they'd be gone. And I couldn't ask where they was at, so I was like, then I go play uh, basketball, get another trophy. And I go play baseball, and I do wrestling, and I do track. And so finally, you know, when I get older, I ask him, I say, yo, man, all those trophies I won for you when I was little, why, why'd you take him away? And he said, because I never wanted you to be satisfied. And that's why I have the drive that I have now. Like, even when I get something right now, okay, cool, I'm on to the next thing. And that's because of that discipline and that love. And he also used a lot of fear. Like, it doesn't matter how much money I was making or what I was doing, he would always say, hey, what you gonna do if you blow your knee out? What you gonna do, you know, this don't work out? What, what you gonna do if they don't offer you another contract? What, like, He'd always want me to have something to fall back on. Every time another athlete messed up, he'd bring it to my attention. The worst ass whooping I got was when Lynn Bias passed away. Mm. My father came in the house like Lynn Bias was my brother. He was going crazy. He was crying. Ah, and he was just grabbing me. Motherfucker, if I ever catch you doing coke, I'll kill you. And my young dumbass, I was like, bro, we drink Pepsi. <laughs> like, like right. so he just he throwing me around and like he sat me down. He's like, look at this. He just threw his life away. That's why I don't, I don't mess around with no drugs, no alcohol, things like that. So, you know, to answer your question, it, it took a lot of strong discipline, and I, I got touched up a few times. But only thing I could do is thank you. Like, I've been able to do, to to live how I want to live and do what I want to do because I listen. Like, you know, his main thing: listen, listen, listen. Once I started listening, phew, doors start opening up. My dream in high school was to make eight million for ten years because that's how the money was. 800,000, like I wanted a little house, I wanted a, a Jimmy Blazer, and I wanted a Black Benz. That's all I wanted. But then as the game started changing, I was able to get 40 million my first contract, but because I listened and 
because I had that discipline. I'm, I ain't played basketball in 15 years, but I live a really, really good life. Just going back, I want to talk about that discipline. Nick, you said, don't, you said ass whooping. I got touched up a lot. And, and I got touched up too. And that's the thing right now, AP got in trouble for it. People like, there, there's, I say there's spankings and there's beatings. How did you get that to your kids where there's discipline and then there's over the top? I think I was really disciplined and spanked and beat because of the environment I was in. Projects in Newark, New Jersey, it's only two, three things you can do. Gangs, you know, drugs, you know, just, you know, just doing off the wall stuff, right? He didn't want that for me. So he would tell me something if I didn't obey. He would, you know, and, and you know, his thing was like, before you get killed out there, I'm gonna kill you in here. Like, you gotta listen to what I'm saying. And like, once I started listening, man, doors started opening, dreams started coming true. Cause you know how we are as youngsters, get out of here with all that. So my kids, they grew up in different environments. We, we, don't, have to, we don't have to talk to them like that. Like, like my boys, all I gotta do is look and they know I'm not playing. So they, instead of being daddy all the time, I'm homeboy with them. But when I gotta, you know, get crazy, it takes 45 seconds. What'd I tell you? I look like I'm playing? So I don't have to do that with them. And you know, they understand. And then I could, I could explain. Like my father, drill sergeant dealing with troops, when he come home, it ain't no explaining. Get that happy dad off the counter right now. And I go do something else. Then I tell you, like, he's like, so, you know, with, with our kids, we can explain. And I, I say, hey, man, don't do that again. If you go, if you do it again, this is what's going to happen. And my girls, if I even look at them crazy, like, they're going to break all the way down. Yeah. You know, like, if I even look at them, like, they just go, oh. so, but it's different. Like, I, I've never, I've never had to spank or touch my children up. Ever. That's because you was there. My dad like, was there, too. Want. And you keep saying, Pop, we, we all know the story. You keep saying, my dad. That wasn't your dad, your biological dad. Right. Yeah, but I don't believe in that because he raised me. And you know, it's crazy, like I, I, I'm doing a documentary and I tell the story. I didn't even know he wasn't my real dad until I was 11. Wow. Yeah, because I would, because my, my brother and sister's last name is Harrison and mine is Shaquille O'Neal. So I asked my mom and I said, hey, why, is, why are they Harrison and I'm Shaquille O'Neal? And she's like, baby. And then she told me the story. And then she said, you want to meet your real dad? I was like, cool. So we go right back where I came from, the projects in Newark, New Jersey. I'm like, I'm cool. Like, nice to meet you, sir. I'm cool. I got a house. I got brothers and sisters. I'm, I'm cool where I am. Then when I turned 18, the other guy showed up. At first, I was kind of upset with him. But after my dad passed away, my mother called me and she said, you know, you need to go see your biological father. So we're starting to be, be, become closer. But I don't hold a grudge because my life went the way it was supposed to go. I live a really good life from a guy who's not even my biological father. He made me who I am today, so I have to respect that. I have to understand that, and I don't dwell on on anything else. When you think about what your dad was to you, but also that feeling of going back to the projects and, and meeting your biological father, how do those things play in into how present or how much of a part of your children's lives you want it to be. Because first off, you say if you just look at your kids, it take 45 seconds. You're also one of the most giant humans in the world. You know what I'm saying? It's not like me looking at my kids when my daughter's 5'8", and like she got on heels, we the same height. Right? It's not, it's not the same thing. So don't act like, oh, I just got so much respect in the house. I could just, nah, you 
freaking large. And if they little kids, you're eight foot. You know what I mean? And so that's the one thing. But you weren't just a basketball star. You were a superstar. You were in movies and, and you rapped. And so that takes a lot of time. Did the way that your father was with you and also the absence of your biological father play a lot into who Shaquille O'Neal was as a dad? Being a dad helped me become more likable. You know how it is in sports. When I lose, I'm tearing my house up. I'm pissed, I'm breaking anything. But as soon as you have the kids, as soon as you open that door, all that has to go away. Mm -hmm. It all has to go away. You have to be nice, especially with girls. Because the kids, they don't care if you win or lose. So I try to do deja vu type things with my sons, with my daughters. I wish I could be there more, but you all know I got divorced and you know my kids were kind of young, but I'm always protect, provide, and love. I wish I could have been there more, but when I was married, I was always there. Like, you know, we have to go away for work, but when I come home, it was always home. I was playing dog man with the kids, playing the kids. Like, I try to be, I try to be their friend. I let the moms do all the discipline stuff. I'm, I'm the guy that's, you know, lovey-dovey and, you know, I always want to protect them. I try to also instill in them, we don't need another basketball player in this family. We do not at all. If you want to play, I have the blueprint, I have the answers to get you to the top. You can follow them, or you can choose not to follow them, you can make your own path, that's fine, but do not feel like you have to be that. Because if you look at that, and you look at this, the richest people in the world don't do that. Mm. So I want you to focus on something else. You can run a hedge fund, you can run a company, you can start to you know, be a contractor, do anything but just make sure you have your education, make sure you have something to fall back on. I play with them now because I let them know, I let them understand. I, I tell them this all the time. We ain't rich, because they're spoiled, but I don't want to. <laughs> I saw that. So, yeah. no, sir, like, so, I, I did see that. Listen, I'm gonna spoil them, but I can't overspoil them. So I, I, like, I, have to, I have to let them know, like, look, I'm 50. When I get 70, I'm handing it over to one of y'all. The one that you know, deserves to run it and you know, keep it going. So, uh, you know, they, 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 they know and understand. Um, my oldest son is in college. Uh, my oldest daughter is graduated. She's a, she, she, she works for Pepsi. I really have six fabulous kids. I don't have any complaints and they're doing well. You said when you get 70, you got to hand it over, which brings me to a question. Do you have a favorite of your children or have you been accused of favoritism? <laughs> I like my girls a little bit better. Why? <laughs> Because as a man, you have to protect, provide, and love for your woman. Do you trust them more than you trust Yes, I do. I do. I trust them more because they're more sensitive, they're more caring, and they're thinkers. You know how boys are. Mm -hmm. Like my boys, you bring a, a something and right in front of them, they're going, you know what I mean? They're going. <laughs> but so, and, and, and like I, I tell my boys, when y'all get 18, y'all got to go. Girls can stay as long as they want. <laughs> I say the, I say the same no, exact thing. Yeah, like, well, are, you same same exact are you serious thing? when you say that? Yes, I do. Are I, you serious? I'm, 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 I'm dead serious. Y'all can stay as long as y'all want. Take your time. Go to college. Get your master. Get your doctor. I'll pay for it. Take your time. I'm trying to teach them about all types of men. You know, and you know the, the, what, what to what to avoid. Like I tell them all the time, I said, don't mess with somebody that everybody want. Daddy, why? I said because he got too many options. Mm -hmm. There are too many options, and depends on how he was raised, 
you know, he may take advantage of those options. And I always try to tell you, I say, you should get somebody that you like, somebody that you respect, and somebody that you can control. Mm -hmm. And that's who you should be looking for. Like, if you try to mess with a, a, a guy that everybody likes, it's going to end up being crazy. Right. And then I was telling him, don't mess with nobody like your daddy, because your daddy used to be an animal like that. <laughs> <laughs> along, but along that point, along that point, because you, you're damn Shaquille O'Neal, bro. You controlled your whole life with your ability. Everybody kissed your ass. Since when? What 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 day did you figure out everybody was gonna kiss your ass? What what age? I don't want everybody to kiss my but ass. But what age did they start kissing your ass? It's not about kissing ass. It's about so this this is me, as a youngster, I always used jealousy to drive me because I wasn't the greatest athlete. I don't know if y'all know this feeling, but you ever go in the gym and you ain't the man, and then you're looking at a guy and like I can do that. Why is he the man and I'm not? So my life has always been about that. So when I walk in the gym and I see you looking at another seven-foot guy, I'm coming for your spot, coming for it. So that, so when I left LSU and I started trying to do endorsement deals, people were like, big guys don't sell. Oh yeah? Tell you what, let me design a commercial, let me shoot it, the commercial's positive, boom, 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 come back, let me do it. I like proving people wrong. So I like doing good business. I like, you know, meeting outstanding people. And I just try to navigate positively in the world. I don't want people to kiss my ass. I want to do good business. I want to, you know, you take care of me. I take care of you. I, I realize that if you start winning, yeah, you can. Then you can do it. You could uh, walk in, in, in any restaurant and eat for free and do anything you want. So I had to find that out. Like when, when I was in LA, like when I first got to LA, I figured out how superstars supposed to live. Like when I first got to LA, they had a club called Roxy. So when I get to LA, I'm 18. I'm, I'm Shaq, but Shaq don't hold no weight in LA. So I'm standing in the front, Eddie Murphy coming to all motherfucking leather shit with the motherfucking <laughs> That raw delirious yeah, joint. Yeah, yeah, he had that in the motherfucking gloves. You got your ass out. Yeah, yeah, he had the gloves and the Ferrari. He pull up and they paparazzi taking pictures and then Rob Lowe and then Magic on our city. I'm like, damn, that's going to be me one day. So, yeah. you know, just by seeing that, I just like, I got to get to that. And then I would talk to people like, man, how how I get to that? You gotta win. Yeah. Win what? You gotta win, man. You gotta, you know, you gotta win. You gotta make it. I said, well, I'm, they know me. I said, nah, you gotta win. And that's when I was like, like really, really trying, trying hard to win. And when I won my first championship, I brought it home to my dad. My didn't even smile. He just, <laughs> no, he didn't. He just looked at the trophy and was like, and he didn't say nothing. We sitting there watching highlights, and then he turned. You know what you gotta do, right? And I'd be like, yes, sir. That's why I went so hard when I got those three in a row. What's the yes, sir? Okay. Get another one. Like he didn't even like everybody, oh, congratulations on that. You know, he's sitting on his couch with the European, like, Sarge, look what we did. You should have had 50. You missed my little free throws. <laughs> no, that, that, that's how he was. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. Boy, I love it. But my, my, I was going, I was leading up to saying, with a divorce, you controlled your life forever. You can't control that. No, I could have. It's, it's, I, it's I, I was two bad. people that involved in the divorce. Bro. Yeah, but no, I, I never talked about this, and I'm glad you guys are asking because I don't mind talking about that. But I was bad. Uh, she was, she was, she was awesome. She really was. It, it, it was all me. I was just look. We don't need to talk about what I was doing, but I wasn't, I wasn't protecting her and protecting those vows. So you know, sometimes when you live that double life, you get caught up. And so I'm, I'm not gonna say it was her. It was all me because she was. 
Look, she did exactly what she was supposed to do. Gave me beautiful kids, take care of the house, take care of corporate stuff. It, it, it was just all me. Sometimes when you make a lot of mistakes like that, you know, you can't really come back from that. But she's happy now. She's about to marry a, a, a fine young gentleman, and I'm happy for her. And we have a great relationship. But as I get older and, and dwell on situations, I can honestly say it was all me. Because I was, hey, I was uh, big time. On South Beach yes. in, a, in yeah. a Lambo, in yeah. a Ferrari. Yeah. I seen you a couple times. Yeah. How your big yeah. ass fit in the fucking Lamborghini? So, you <laughs> know, it's crazy. I bought a real one, and then I bought one that was salvaged, and I just super glued the motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I seen you a couple nights. Yeah. 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 Like, he's seven, yeah. one, yeah. how he fit in here? Yeah, yeah. no, but I think, so, you know, wow. you mentioned the mistakes, and, you know, often have the conversation that, you know, because I've made mistakes uh, as well, and that was how I characterized it, right? And I was like, you know what, these are mistakes I've made, when truly, as we become adults and now you get older, those are decisions, right? Those, yeah. those, those are yeah. decisions and, and choices we choose to make because- I'm not crying either, I'm just wiping my eyes. You good, you good, oh, because- you good. <laughs> you good. Because, uh, because, you know what I'm saying? You know what it is, dog, because you know, it's like, because you, at, at that moment, that's that's what fulfills you. And I think also as men, sometimes we don't think bigger than that, right? We, we, we think about that moment. We don't think about how it affects the people that aren't there at the time or how how, how it will be seen if, as, as it said, what's done in the dark comes to light. When you've been so successful in your life, and now you said at this point, being able to look back on that, are there things from that time you would change? And do you believe if you changed them, you'd still like to, to be married or you'd still like to be in that position where you could be with your kids? And like Channing said, could control those type of things. The best feeling for me was coming home and hearing five, six different voices. Don't matter if I missed 15 free throws and we lost, they don't care about that. Dog man's home. Like I used to play something called Dog Man. As soon as I come in, I, I turn into a wild dog and I chase my battle. That's, that's all like, I live That's for. not like the cat, Chen. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm gonna get into it, Jack. I'm, yeah, gonna, get into, I'm gonna get into the nasty yeah. stuff. No, I just, you know, no, I just used to like get them and or act like I'm biting them and <laughs> dog man. Yeah, that's and, dog. and they used to love that. And look, I was just being greedy. I had the perfect situation. Wife was finer than a mug. Mm-hmm. Kept giving me babies, still finer than a mug. I had it all, just sometimes you, and I don't make excuses. I know I messed up. And then, you know, when I didn't have that, I don't like to use the D word, because I don't really know what it is, but I was lost. 76,000 square foot house by yourself, lost. No kids, go to the gym, nobody's playing in the gym. You go to their room, nobody's there. You. You, you start to feel it. And then as you're getting older and then you hear, Shaq ain't Shaq no more. And then you realize Shaq ain't Shaq no more. You go from averaging 30 to 19 and, you know, and then, you know, but I said to myself, okay, you're not married, but you still have to protect and provide for this family. Get your ass up, man up, let's go. What you gonna do next? At the end of my career, I had a two year deal. I wanted to do the farewell Shaq tour and all that, but I got injured. And I didn't know what I was going to do, so I was just going to take a year off and be like, okay, what am I going to do, what am I going to do? And luckily I got the job with TNT and I've been working and things have been going on. But all the stuff I'm doing now, that's the stuff I, I wanted to do. I wanted to invest. 
I wanted to buy companies. I wanted to be on boards. I wanted to do certain things because, you know, may not be a husband, but I'm always be a father. And the father's job is to protect, provide, and love. I have two, I don't like to use the term baby mamas. I have two wonderful women that have given me beautiful, gorgeous children. I have to protect and I have to provide and I have to love for them forever. That's why I work so hard. I don't work for me. I got it all. I got to work for them. I got to work for my six babies. Sorry, did you say 76,000 square foot? Yeah, 76,000 square foot, yeah. I thought you said 100, and I was like, that damn nigga got shat. You said 1,000. You said 76,000. Yeah, Where is that house? In Orlando, and I just sold it. And I'm actually sick that I sold it. But Who can afford it? What are you doing? A dentist? That's a lot of Channing's teeth. What? That's a lot of... Man, listen, Shaq, I know you big now. No, I died on that big ass chair with all this giggling. Like we used to say in the locker room, be mad at who you mad at. Don't be mad at me. No. You mentioned, though, like, you you know, to, to mention Orlando, I'm a, like, I love documentaries. So when 30 for 30s came out, I started watching them all, and they actually sent me a box set, and I was like, y'all know I ain't got no dang DVD player to watch these. But, you know, I remember watching the one with, with you and Penny, right? And I'm a huge Jordan fan. I was a huge Bulls fan. Uh, and then when y'all spoiled his comeback, when Nick Anderson poked the ball uh, from behind, I almost forgot you went to LSU. It made me that sick. And, you know, I heard you had a lot to do with Penny becoming part of the Orlando Magic. What type of memories do you have of that time of them two young guns, man, a guard and a big man that were just taking over the league at such a young age? You know, when you get older, you try to think about the mistakes that you made that could have been avoided. Divorce is definitely one of them. Penny and I were two young superstars. We let other people get into our heads. So when I first got to Orlando Magic, we didn't have a, you know, these guys, my guy, Nick is guy, but we didn't have another. So I shoot the movie Blue Chips. And I'm the type, I don't really care about who's coming out and all that, so I don't even know who Penny was. So, but in my contract, we gotta play ball three or four hours, let me work out and all that before we start shooting. So we playing this little skinny motherfucker, he diming me up. Like, I, if I put my hand like that, the ball's gonna be right there. So finally I say, yo man, who the f is that? Is, I say, yo, is, is he an actor? I said, no man, that's Penny Hardaway. I said, well, it's like he went to Memphis State. He, you know, projected to, you know, go high in the draft. So these guys would always tell me, Jack, you're too nice. You're going to have to start telling these people what you want and how you want it. So I tested that out. So I called and said, hey, man, y'all heard of Penny Hardaway? Yeah, we, you know, you know, we might not be able to get him. I said, well, y'all need to get him. I don't know if we can do that. I said, well, if y'all don't get him, when my deal is up in two years, I'm going to be looking to do something else. That's what I told him. Hung up. Bye. They called me back. All right, we're really trying. So shoot the movie, get home, the draft. They draft C Web. I tear my kitchen up. <laughs> Glad he's my like so, so now like I'm trying to use my power. Y'all ain't respecting me. So now I'm gonna have to show y'all how I get down. I'm out. When my deal is up, I'm out. There ain't gonna be nothing to talk about. So then like ten minutes later, they, they make the trade and then we got him. Because I was thinking the next Magic and Kareem. Hmm. That's all I was thinking. And you like playing with a guy that likes to look out for you. He was good enough to go for himself, but he was always look, look out for me. The problem started happening is when you let people say, whose podcast is this? This Fred shit. 
Ryan should have got shit. Rather than being the team, oh, yeah. they start. So, you know, me, I know it's my shit. Though. You don't have to say it, but I don't like nobody else saying it's his shit, right? So, you know, him and his boys start doing that, and we start doing that. So then, when it comes time to get some new money, I already knew. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm starting off at 150. I know I wasn't going to get 150. I'm starting off at 150. Talking about paying Big Dog 100 million. Glenn. Glenn Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I need 150. So they said no. The town said no. So then I'm here in Olympics. I'm not even thinking about signing. Like they wanted me to sign 80 for four, and I thought about it. I was like, let me go to the Olympics and I come back. So I'm here, me and my uncle, we at Magic City, and my agent, Leonard Armando, called me and said, hey, man, you got to meet me at this hotel. I got good news for you. So when we get there, I get to the Swedish Jerry West. I'm like, oh, hey, Mr. West. He's like, he said, hey, man, I got some good news and I got some bad news. I said, well, what's the bad news? He said, I can't get you that 150. And I said, well, what's the good news? He said, we can get you 120. And when he opened up that motherfucking contract, all them fucking zeros, dog, I was like, <laughs> like, I, like I, I didn't even have time to consult with my mom, my dad, nobody. Like, I just seen all them zeros. And he's like, man, you know, we got to make a move now. I was like, you know, I asked my little, I said, yo, you, you, you talked to Orlando about this? He said, they're not going to match it. And I was like, oh, they're, they're not going to match it? So I just, I just signed. I was like, Cause I was looking at that 120. Then, then he hit me on the side and said, you know, I'll get you some movies and get you all that. So I'm like, man, 120 plus that. And the good thing, I was always already familiar with LA because every time we lost, North, if we lost in Orlando on a Sunday, I'm on the flight Sunday night in LA party, chilling. Right. So I already had a little house on the beach. I was already familiar with LA, but I think if I slash we didn't have those egos, we could have, we could have definitely worked that out. Because I always tell people he was Kobe before Kobe. Penny Holiday was a cold cat. He really yeah. was. He really was. That's something I always think about. Like, if I would have did a different, I probably could have stayed there, ended up there, or on the pizza team. Like, I always think about stuff that that could have, you know, impacted my life a little differently. That's huge, man. But did your dad interject? No, because I just seen all them zeros I signed. And then when I called him and said, yo, I'm going to L.A., he went You know off. they say nothing good happened after 11 p.m.? 120 yeah. million? No, he... <laughs> Bro, that was good. Yeah. He, he was mad. Right. But he had a thing. He's also a Jamaican. So he's always, he'd always say, don't listen to how I say it, listen to what I say. So when I told him, motherfucker, I said, hey, man, they offered me 120 and Orlando only offered me 80. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said, he said what? I said, I said, my man, Orlando off me 80. They off me one. Yeah, man, that. Yeah, you good. You good. Just send the planes so I can come, come to the farm. I said, I got you, dog. So, you know, once I passed all his tests, we had that kind of respect. Like, we could yell at each other, but since the respect is there, we, after my last whooping at 13, we never had a problem. Is that a regret you have? Yeah, because I always think about it. if we would have stayed together, how many how many we could have got? Because Do you think you would have got multiple more than you got in L.A.? That's that's the hard thing. Yeah. But but Penny was that good, right? Penny yeah. wasn't Kobe. No 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 no. I know, no, no, no. Uh, what he say? Penny was Kobe before Kobe. I was say, but Penny wasn't as good as Kobe. Like let's be honest, Penny sure was not gonna that? be a you top three Penny player. Penny got injured. Penny had knees. Oh, oh, you sure about you that? Say you that. say Penny could have been a top three player of all time because that's what Kobe is. Yes, if he didn't get injured, yes. Bro, hold on. Penny came in like that. Penny Remember? was a dog. Hold on. Penny came in like that. It took Kobe two, maybe two and a half years to get to that level. Penny came in. He was already like that. Yeah. First year he came in, we went to the finals. 
Penny was mm-hmm. cold, and that's why I always tell people he was Kobe before Kobe. People give me flack like that, you know, say he, he couldn't have turned out, but if he wouldn't have got injured, he definitely he definitely be up there, definitely. Hey, Penny was a cold cat, you know it, yeah, uh, boy. <laughs> listen, Shaq, listen, Shaq, don't try me with them big-ass leather-ass shoes on now with them big-ass cows on your motherfucking feet. You ain't going to get up fast. If I jump on your ass, I'm going to give me seven, eight shots in before your ass get up. I'm done, dog. <laughs> hey, I, all our time up. Listen, you, you know, you said Pops was mad, or Sarge was mad that you was going to L.A. until he heard about that 120. The other thing is, man, when you get all them zeros, especially in L.A., with the way that they've always won, with, with Showtime, with Magic, with Kareem, and all of the other big men that they've had. Like, that's pressure. I like pressure. Rookie year, Lando Magic versus the Knicks. He didn't go to this game. He used all to go to this game. I go to this game, I stink up the fucking gym. We got a couple of days off. We going to another city. I get the phone call on the, on the dope man phone. Hello? What the you doing? I don't know. Well, what was wrong? You couldn't handle the pressure? You never supposed to say, I can't. They don't like that. I couldn't. Get, get your ass on the plane right now. I'm like, yo, man, it's been a, I don't give a find the plane, come home. So I leave, two, get there, three, wake up the next morning. I want your ass over my house at 0700. Like, I land at five, I gotta be at his house at seven. Don't be late. So when I get to the house, we ride, and he's not saying nothing in the car. And I see a homeless family. And what he does, every time he goes that route, he'll give them some money for eat. So we just sitting there looking, and he don't say nothing. And he said, you spoiled motherfucker. This is pressure. Pressure is when you don't know where your next meal coming from. I don't ever want to hear you say you can't handle the pressure again. It's fucking basketball. Get out. I was like, what you mean get out? Get the fuck out and take care of this family. So this is eight in the morning, so I go talk to the dude, nice guy. It was a guy, wife, and two kids. The guy said he was, you know, just lost his house. He, he was just looking for something to do. So I asked him, I said, hey, what do you like to do? He said, man, I like to cut grass. Call one of my boys, hey man, boom, 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 I'm cut grass. Call one of my other guys who has some apartments. I said, hey man, I, I need a three bedroom apartment, how much? 3,000 a month, I'm gonna send you a check for 36. The guy who I just met put his family in there. Sir, uh, call my office tomorrow, go to the furniture store, boom, boom, boom. So I had to take care of that family. And then, but after I did all that, I was like, that's right. Motherfucker. He out there with his family. He don't know where his next meal gonna come from. If I don't come around, he don't get that. And after that, I never, I never felt the pressure again. So when I got to L.A. and he's like, "Yeah, you could be like," and I like that. Shit. You can be like Kareem and Magic and all. You could be like, I'm like, okay. I already know I can ball. If you put the right motherfuckers around me, I'm gonna get it done. But I'm like, okay. Cool. And you know, the way they did it was special too, because he brought me to the forum and then all the lights were off. And he put the lights up. And Jerry West, you know, Kareem, what he done, you could be like that. And yeah, all the jerseys. And Jerry West said, look, I know you like to rap and do movies and all that, but when it's all said and done, if it's done the right way, your name could be up there. So while some people look at it as pressure, I look at it as challenge. And not only do I look at it as challenge, from where I come from, I gotta get it done. And now I got kids and boys too. And for bragging rights, I got to get it done. Got to get it done. For me, the craziest thing is, man, you transcend the game. But I think more importantly, you know, what your father instilled in you and how you've taken that, how humble you are. You know, you have everything, right? You're a superstar. And for you to be sitting here with us, 
shopping, talking about Chan, and you know, we we having a good time. Don't look over here. <laughs> I ain't no easy win. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at because I ain't no easy win. Just hell no, you can't have my cornbread. You want my cornbread, man? Get that right. taste out your mouth. You know, just, just that's why we always sit you next. To that's gonna happen twice in the show, right? But, but really, the, the, the point I'm making, man. I, mean, I I hear stories about you know you leaving Reebok to go and do your own line. Your shoes were in Walmart, right? What I see is everything your father put in you when he said, go out here and take care of this family. Man, you're the most gentle giant on the planet. Is that everything you do now is because of? Yes, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I was arrogant one time. You know, you go from not being nothing to being something, so. Leave Newark, go to Germany, end up in San Antonio, Texas, 36 and 0. I'm the man. So I started acting like that. So I went to a small school. Graduating class was 39 people. 8 through 12 was 269 people. So I'm starting to just be arrogant and alienate people. So one day I come to school, the whole school shifts. What up, Ryan? What up, Fred? What up, ugly eyed boy? Don't nobody <laughs> say nothing to me, right? I'm like, cool. You know, I, I like to laugh. I'm a comedian. <laughs> so I, I go in the lunchroom. The whole school get up and go. I go to practice. My f- don't say nothing to So my boy, who actually worked for me now, I said, yo, man, what the f*** happened? He said, my man, you ain't get here by yourself. Hmm. You're arrogant. You're on people. You're bullying people. That's not the way to go. And when you come from nothing and you get something, and then you automatically lose it. I'm like, you know what? If I act like this when I get big time, I could lose everything. So I never did that again. And then, you know, you have to, you know, Muhammad Ali said, you could tell a lot about a man how he treats the janitor. Mm-hmm. If a man treats a janitor like shit, he's going to treat everybody like shit. So after that, I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to just, just stay cool. Because all this could be taken away, especially if you make crazy decisions. So... You know, my thing is take care of my family, lead by example for people like us, you know, people who want to follow in our footsteps because that's what Dr. J did for me. And then when I met Dr. J, he was just so smooth. Yeah. I'm like, eh, if he nice, I got to be nice. I met Magic, he got me in the club. I'm like, fuck, if Magic nice, if I met Eddie, hey man, I heard a lot about you. Like, all these motherfuckers nice to me. I got to be nice. I don't need to be. And then, like, we all men. Just because I got something and you ain't got it, I'm not going to step on you. Can't do it. And to talk about that expansion, man, because that was one thing that a lot of athletes try to do that we're actually doing right now. You know what I'm saying? You go from being an athlete to try to expand your brand. And, you know, first thing, your eyes are so close that I'm amazed you can wear glasses, regular glasses. Like, I thought you were a monocle when you came. I thought you had, like, a Cyclops monocle on. But since you have real glasses on, <laughs> I see that you can wear them, and I was proud. <laughs> I was proud I, to another see Another thing with people, though, I think if people can act like we act, the world would be a better place. Oh, it really That's is. funny. That's <laughs> funny. I, I'm the shag. I could take it personal, but that was funny. Hey, I'll be honest. Uh, no, that, 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 that was <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I'm like, this nigga Sam in three with five, two eyes. Like, why your eyes so close? Just <laughs> 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 sit tight. <laughs> but, bro, you talking about expansion, Shaq. 
Like, you're one of the best basketball players ever. We all saw you. You know what I'm saying? And then you get in the rap. You, yeah. Let's say you a 10 of 10 of basketball players, bro. Hall of Famer. Oh, I, I'm the number you, one athlete rapper. Yeah, but I, then I the rapper, the rapping and the acting. Yes. So sir. if you 10 of 10 in basketball, I need your rank of yourself in acting I'm a and your terrible rank actor. of yourself in rapping. I'm a terrible actor. Oh, I saw Kazam. Shazam. Shazam. No, Shazam. No, no, I didn't no, even Kazam. know Kazam. Shazam. Yeah, yeah, I didn't Kazam. know the first level. I'm a terrible actor because I got 17 movies and... And 15, I played myself, so it don't count. <laughs> Rapping, I'm the number one athlete rapper. Uh, so that, mm. is, it, listen, it's all about taking advantage of opportunities. We don't get these opportunities. Like, I didn't want to be a rapper. Mm -hmm. I went on an Arsenio Hall show, and I said, hey, man, I want to do something different. Like, what you want to do? I don't want to just come in no fancy suit, talk about what I'm going to do. Everybody do that. I want to do something different. He said, what? And out of the blue, I just said, I want to rap in my favorite rap group. He said, cool. So I called Fushnickens. We did it. We did a song. And then after that, I thought I had a great performance. My agent called me and said, man, you ain't going to believe this shit. I said, what? Motherfucker offered you $10 million for a three-album deal. I was like, what? Wow. He's like, yeah, they don't, they, don't, they don't jive. So I met with the people from Jive. I said, listen, let's, let's be realistic. I'm not a rapper. Only way I'd do this if you let me rap with my favorite rappers. And they said, deal. So, you know, first album, Redman, mm -hmm. uh, Def Jeff, Biggie was able to go platinum. And then the second one went gold. Third one went wood. <laughs> and then- People caught on. Yeah, yeah, people caught on. But for me, being in the studio with Biggie, that's my platinum. Because wow. be honest with you, when I went platinum, that, that little chick ain't do nothing for me. Yeah. So, you know, Jay-Z, hey, this Shaq, you want to do it first for me? Hey, man, how much you going to try me, Jay? Free, Shaq, I love you. Like, just, so I, I probably have the number one celebrity discography for a, a non-rapper. I got Fat Joe, I got Big Pun, I got Snoop, I got DJ Quick, I got Red Man, I got Biggie, I got Nas, I got Nori, like I got all these guys that did it for free. And when I got in the studio, they test me out, which is fine, because I've been playing basketball and rapping and doing fake movies in the house since I was a little kid. And you know, movie things, so I'm sitting there in the Four Seasons, the guy says, man, I've been looking for you. And I said, well, why are you looking for me? I'm so-and-so, boom, 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 shooting a movie called Blue Chips. And we want to put you in it. Like, okay, just talk to my agent. My agent called me and said, this guy's real. He's shooting a movie, Blue Chips, and boom, boom. Nick Nolte's going. I'm like, Nick Nolte from 48 Hours? Like, yeah, he's in style. Like, I'll do it. And I had to play myself. So it ain't like I said, I'm going to be a rapper and be a movie. These are just opportunities that you can't ever turn down. And when you love something and you respect it, you're going to always do well at it. So doing well for me is not the same definition as a rapper. Even if I go 10 times platinum, that money ain't doing nothing for me. Where's your favorite track? Bravery Track is probably the one I did with Biggie because I did it, I redid it. He ain't gonna like this. I redid it and I redid it. And then finally Biggie said, hey man, send me the ticket, I'm coming down. So I'm nervous, I'm like, man, I, I hope he like it because I done already redid it 10 times. If he don't like it, I'm probably gonna have to cancel the project. So he go in the studio and he start bobbing. That shit tight, big fella. So I was like, Whew. he like it. I ain't gotta change it. So I pulled out some paper. Because, you know, I had the studio in the house. I pulled out some paper. I said, hey, man, do you, you want, I'm going to be in the house. Fred's the engineer. Hit this button. Uh, just let me know when, when you're done. He said, no, man, I'm, I'm ready right now. And I ain't never seen nobody work that fast. Like, he never heard the beat before. That was the first time hearing the beat. And he killed it. But it was vulgar. So I had to hit the button. I was like, <laughs> he's like, you, Chuck, you write for the kids, for the kids. And then he hit that other verse. And then, look, we just talked about life. 
We went on the Cedars. We had a good time, you know, talked to his mom. And it was just a great day. And then the last time I saw him was when he was getting the tattoos the night before, you know, he got killed. But We saw man, him the day before he got killed? Yeah. Damn. My favorite track was You Can't Stop the Rain. That's it. That, that was it. That, that, yeah. That's it? Yeah, that's it. I don't yeah. remember Biggie. Bro. Yeah, yeah, with Biggie. Wow. Obviously, you know, you mentioned all these people doing things for you for free. Jay-Z doesn't do things for free. Biggie, uh, you know, some of the, the biggest rappers, especially during that era, they were doing those things because, you mentioned winning, but they were do doing those things because of the basketball player you were, because of the star you were. It wasn't about actually rapping. How does it make you feel, though? Because, you know, we all know when, when people do things, obviously you got to do it, when people do things that you don't do for a living, you become fans of them. You know what I mean? So to have an opportunity to, to be in there with Biggie and then also now you move to seeing him the night before he passed, when you think of some of those memories, is it almost surreal to you that that kid from the projects in Jersey turned into that man? It is. I, I think about it all the time. But I think I get respect from them because they know I love and respect their craft. Like, I don't want to be a rapper. Just I, I rap because I really got skills, right? And if I wasn't a basketball player, I would try to probably explore that lane. But, you know, being that I'm one of the biggest stars and I'm stepping into that lane, they see that I love it and respect it. And not being all gimmicky about it, they gave me a shot. And, you know, when they gave me a shot, I, I represented well. And we still have, you know, good relationships to this day. But, look, the only thing I could do is, is look up and say, thank you, Sarge. Because he told me all this would happen. He said, my man, once you start listening to me, you're going to be able to do anything the white boys do. Anything you want. So I was, I, I was, I was speaking at a conference the other day, and, and a little kid said, how does it feel to have a lot of money? And I told him, I said, my definition of, of rich is different. My definition of, of being rich is seeing a beautiful black woman, Lucy, Dr. Lucille O'Neill, wake up, cook a hell of a breakfast, wear the same pants she wore on Monday, today's Wednesday, just switch up the shirt. I'm watching, like, you, you, you already wore those. Made sure we was fresh. Took us to school, picked us up, hell of a dinner, and never complained. And like, we used to just like ride around, I could see the stuff in our eyes, like she used to, like, these little bullshit houses. Oh, that's a nice house. And I could see the, and, and like, she wished she had something like that. So my definition of being rich is being able to buy my mama anything she want. Like, I don't, I don't know how much I'm worth, I do not care. When I take my mom into the mall and be looking at them little expensive purses that these little girls be buying, you want one? No, baby, that's two thousand dollars. I don't care about that. For real, baby, I, I can have a little. Like you know, she's older. Like for real, baby, I can have a little. That's my definition of being rich. My definition of being rich is when my sister passed away before Kobe died. I said, leave this house in Orlando. You come to you to Atlanta, so so I can see you more. Because the year my sister died, I only saw my family four times that year. So you know, I need you next to me. Baby, I don't want to leave the house. No, go pick another house. That's my definition of being rich, nothing else. Being able to, the woman that sacrificed everything for me and never had nothing. I asked her, I said, how much you make when, when I was coming up? She said, you only make 35000 a year. A year. Tax that. How much is that? My dad was only making forty. So you get in a house with five kids, 70000 You got a big-ass, greedy kid. She wasn't making nothing. So being able to get her whatever she want, the best feeling in the world. Like, I've never seen a person cry when I when I dropped that mansion off the first time. Like, 
I actually tricked her. I said, hey, let, I said, mom, I need you to come look at these houses with me. So we got a house in Orlando. It was 900,000, but it was 9,000 square feet. Something none of us ever seen before. Media room, pool house and all that. And I said, mom, you like this house for me? She said, I was like, it's yours. Like, as soon as I said yours, uh, like, I ain't never seen no tears like that. She down there fell. <laughs> I'm like, my, yeah, I said, it's yours. It's for you, daddy, brothers and sisters, y'all. Go outside. What's that? Brandon was like, just that, 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 that right there was made it all worth it. I don't care about my cars. I don't care about my jewelry. I don't care about none of that. But just be able to take care of them. And now I'll do the same thing, you know, for my kids. Same thing. So that's my definition of being rich. And that's why I work so hard. You know, I work for them. You spoke about uh, validation before we started rolling. And you mentioned that uh, you don't care how the world sees you. I do not. You know, especially now in this day and age, the social media, you know, the scrutiny that can follow based on a comment. But you don't worry about the outsider. You I only worry to. about what your mother. I used to. So I had a nuclear physicist he used to talk to me about problems. A what? Nuclear physicist. There's only people Shaq can talk to. We can't no, talk just, to no nuclear physicist. His name is Bert. Yeah, the nuclear physicist. So when I was losing in L.A., I would get all the flack, and it would drive me crazy. So the first thing he did, because, you know, they, they wanted me to talk to somebody, is I'm, I'm starting to go crazy. I'm starting to beat my fuckers up in the locker room. I'm going crazy, right? So they said, we, we want to introduce you to this guy. Bert, nuclear physicist. So the first thing he do, he make me watch this movie, The Fan, Wesley Snipes, and Robert De Niro. Yep. And the basis of the movie is Wesley, who's a star, he said he didn't care. So when I started talking to Bert, he said, you care too much. I said, what do you mean? He said, how much you making this year? I'm making 25. He said, whether you do good or not, right? Yeah. So why you care what people write? And once I stopped caring, pew, took off. And then he said, you should develop something called one hand stress. I only care about what my mama say, what my kids think, if it's gonna mess up the money in the business, what my boys think, that's it. They don't even get the five. Then I made up a quote for myself. If a nobody can influence a somebody, then the nobody wins. But the question of the day is, who are you? Nobody. So all these people with their opinions, if we talking pecking order status, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you're under me. Right. Now if I say something and y'all say something, now I gotta look at it. We all on the same, you know, so we athletes, former athlete, boom, boom. So now, like, if y'all say something I did something wrong, now I have to look at it, right? Because y'all my boys. Not, I, you know, respect what y'all say. Somebody above, you know, like if uh, Mr. Obama say Shaq shouldn't have did that, I know I messed up. If my mama car, I know I messed up. But I am not con concerned about what people say about me because it ain't real life. Real life is I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want, be whatever I want. My mama straight. Like tomorrow after work, I'm going to Miami on my plane. So, take us take us back to Jersey and not not your childhood. I want to get in some of your uh, some of your business ventures. You have a big real estate project. What influenced that? I got tired of seeing the projects. Mm -hmm. I got tired of seeing people live like that. So my uncle Mike, who's my agent, has a lot of influence with the mayor. We want to tear the projects down. We're gonna pay for it. And then, you know, when you're a minority-owned company, there's a lot of grants for that. I didn't know that. So Goldman Sachs would give us the money. We tear the project down. We start making condos. And then I just build something called Shack Towers. Because I like to, because when I was growing up, even though it was a project, it was the most beautiful place ever. But then when you leave and come back, you're like, damn, man, 
Clean up your yard. Like, look, look at this building. Look at this. That. So I wanted to help beautify the place. And it's not a money thing for me. It's like I want to be helpful in making this place what it is. And, and it's a valuable place. New York is jam-packed. Mm -hmm. So most of the properties I own are right next to the subway. So if we can get you, you don't want to pay 100000 a month of rent in New York, come to Newark on the train 10, 15, 20 minutes away. So if you look at it business-wise, it's really a gold mine. But I wanted to help beautify the city back up. And a lot of business things that I get into, if I don't believe in your business, I won't do it. Mm -hmm. I always tell people the story that when I won my first championship, Wheaties contacted my office. And I told him no. And my agent was like, hey, man, that's Wheaties. I'm like, fuck that. I'm from the hood. I don't know what Wheaties tastes like. Call Frosted Flakes. <laughs> I'm serious. No, I told him, I said, I'm not, I said, yo, call Frosted Flakes. So we called them. They denied us. Second, third championship, they did that. When I won in Miami, they did a deal with the NBA, and they put me and Wade on the box. I couldn't stop that. But finally, after all these years, I finally did my first deal with Foster Flex. So I'm on the box, like, you know, like on the cover, like, you know, three, three million boxes. But I can't take your money just to be taking it because right. I can't lie to the people. Yeah. I can't do that. Like, you can't pay me to lie to the people. Like, if you would say, hey, I want you to endorse this beer and I drink it, I don't like it, you can't pay me no money. I'll give you half of the company. I can't do that to the people because it's not about getting rich. But the process gets you rich, but it's never about getting rich. Jeff Bezos said, if you invest in things that's going to change people's lives, it's a win-win situation. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming out with a beer and it's going, you know, it's going to help people or whatever, whatever, then I do that. But I just can't take your money just just to be taking it. Do you know? Do you know all your investments? Cause like, no, I do not. You don't know. Like, no. you walk into a, to a to a meeting and people tell you, hey, you have a real estate company, you have this and that. I know all my investments. You you have no idea what what you're invested in. No. I uh I got, I got my first million dollars in 18 years old. I got to get that black on black Benz. That. Get that. <laughs> get that so you got the black on black. Oh, I got the black on black. Yeah. So I get home, my dad said, "Where my shit at?" Jump in, dog. Alpine. Go get him one. So that's 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 300,000, right? Yeah. Come home, mom. You my baby. You can get whatever you want. I, I'm I'm not gonna get you the six hundred, but I get you the five hundred. So hundred thousand. So, and then so after I take care of them, you know I gotta get the ice and the jewelry. Right, the whole thing. I'm, I'm living at the yeah. I'm living at the house. The draft is three three months away. I'm gonna rent me an apartment, condo. So I get a meeting. I get a call from the bank guy the next day, and he's he's looking at me and he's like, Shaq. You know, we watch you grow up, and we don't want you to be like all the other athletes. Take a look at this. I don't know nothing about business, but you know how you you know how we as black athletes we always hear the story of stealing from you. So I get the piece of paper and I see FICA, two hundred fifty thousand. I'm like, hey man, what the fuck is FICA? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know nothing about business. So he started laughing and he pulled out his thing. He pulled the dummies guide to starting your own business. Says Shaq, you about to come into a lot of money. Read this. So I'm reading it, I don't know what I'm looking at. But my favorite chapter was joint ventureships, partnerships, and I'm like, and it's simple. If I'm gonna do a, a worldwide football camp, do it with y'all. I'm gonna put the money up, y'all gonna run them shits. Boom, I ain't gonna tell you what to do, I ain't gonna tell you how to do it. So most of my businesses is joint ventureships. So where I know the business, I'm, I'm educated enough to look at the books to see what's going on, but. I'm not out there doing everything by myself. 
I own seven restaurants in Vegas. I got three guys that's in the restaurant business. I do business with them. So a lot of times my business is on paper because that's the business, but I'm still owners. So that's how I do a lot of my business so I'm not all over the place. And that was my favorite chapter, joint ventureship. I do a lot of I do a lot, a lot of, you know, partnerships. Just being to the financial level you're on, which is something that I speak on me. I I'm never be there. I don't know where y'all boys are with y'all money, but I don't think we at Shaq. You have a monthly budget? No. You have a yearly budget? Like, no. like no. you just you have a card that you just slide and it's gonna keep sliding because I, I, I get emails, bro. So we and have... they be like, hey, insufficient funds. I got a bunch <laughs> I, bro, I get insufficient no. funds so... emails all the time. <laughs> look at the look on his face. Why are you so serious? <laughs> bro, I'm dead serious, bro. They hit me with insufficient funds at, at the hotel downstairs a little bit ago. I gave the dude my car, sexy and cool. He hit it. He was like, Mr. Crowder, it's insufficient funds. I was like, well, no, nah, use this one. <laughs> I got another one, though. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, use this one. So, no, I don't have an allowance, but a lot of my spending habits are all fixed incomes. I take care of my mama house. Take care of, and those are fixed, so I know what, what I'm putting out, right? So if I know I'm putting that out, I gotta do something offset that. Mm-hmm. I do have a miscellaneous do what I want fun. Mm-hmm. And that's based on, I met a guy one time, a rich guy, he was Beverly Hills, all this. And then like I, like I always tell my kids, that we make a lot of money, but we, 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 we rich, we not wealthy. So I used to see this guy I met a guy and I was like, how do you stay rich? And he pulled out a $100 bill and he ripped it in half. And he said, what's this? I said, 50, 50. He said, you can save 50. That's cool, we spend this. But he said, the wealthy people do this. Mm. You save this, ball out with that. Whatever you want to do. So I didn't really spend none of my checks until I got married. Like I used to just get my Reebok check and keep that for me and everything, NBA check, just. Don't even look at it, boom, 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 boom. So I started doing that early, and then I started getting into investing in business, so. But the fact that I listened, and the fact that, that my family used scare tactics, it really uh, it really kept me in line. Cause like, I don't, I don't wanna have to make that call to my mama. Mommy, that, the house you in, can't pay for it. Nope, I don't. So I've always gotta, you know, do things right, do things straight, and then, you know, you look at how the Kennedys and how all them people are like, you know, trying to teach my kids about generational wealth. I'm like, my man, we could, I'm like, look, I started it off. But if you look at how they do it, they started off and then they kids flip it and then it can go forever. I'm trying to get to y'all where y'all can just take it and flip it. That's what I'm trying to teach them. You don't get no cheese until you have three or four degrees. That's it. Oh, that's super dope. Yep. I love that. I, I, I don't think we can really uh, hit on this enough. And we're all four former athletes. And really our mission now is more than anything to give back. I mean, we've made our money and we have families. We, we do a lot. And I think this platform is, you know, more special because we, we have a voice and uh, people can listen to us, right? A lot of young guys. And you're just here talking. We just recently did Alex Rodriguez, Floyd, the champ. And uh, they had a lot of gems. They, you know, talking about giving back, what they do, what it, what influenced them. And, um, you know, looking at our sports, football, 87% of the people, they're divorced, you know, filing bankrupt or what, what have you when they retire. Same thing in the NBA. So, but people know you, and, and right? And they, and they know what you stand for. They know you're approachable. 
They know your business ventures. My question to you is, do people reach out to you to help them or to give them some sort of direction? No. That's, that's, that's what's so mind-boggling to me. You, you know how it is with these young cats. They make more money than we did and can't tell them nothing. I try not to be forceful. They know if they need something, they can holler, but I, I try not to be forceful because I was like that too. Okay, Magic, I, I, know, I know you took care of me when I first got to L.A., but L.A. my shit now. <laughs> right. You know, so so I, I, I kind of understand that. Yeah, yeah all right, whatever. It's my league now. Oh, Mike gone? This shit, like, like, so I know and understand, so I don't really come down hard on them, but that's why I always try to just lead by example. Lead by example, like, it, it's simple. I was taught that when it's very difficult, you break us down to its simplest form. Like when he gave me that business book, I didn't know what the fuck I was looking at. And then I saw a joint ventureship. I was like, partnerships. I can do that. It's, it's easy. It's just like, you know, being on the block, being in the game. You want you don't want to be the guy, but you can partner up with a guy and, you know, still get the money. You know what I'm saying? Like you you can give it to me, I can give it to Fred. Fred do what he do. Fred give me my cut. We straight. And that's right. how I and that's how I look at, you know, joint ventureship. You run it. You do all the work. I'm going to be the partner, I'm going to be the money guy, and then we're just going to split. I love listening to you, you know, talk business, but it's another reason I wear this colors. I tell people all the time, I'm not a Laker fan. I was a Kobe and Shaq fan. And, and I lived and, and, and I died with it, and I cried sometimes, and I was fired up sometimes. And when you have, you know, it's very few championship teams or teams that become legends or dynasties where people aren't linked, whether it's, you know, Magic and Kareem, Scotty and Mike. You and Kobe will forever be linked. And I think part of that story will also always be how many could they have won. When you look back on those times with him, what stands out to you? We will always forever go down as the most enigmatic, most dominant, controversial, one-two punch, big little ever. When you're dealing with a guy that wants it, keeps you on your toes. But let's talk in street terms. I had the block for a long time. But you got another kid who has the potential to run the block. He wants your block. Mm -hmm. So he gonna keep me on my toes. That's why I, I got the average 40. Like I'm looking at that, he got 25, I gotta get 40. So you look at our relationship, it was perfect, but it was non-perfect. Perfect that he made me play at a certain level. I made him play at a certain level, able to win three. Did we get along all the times on the court? No. But we know in sports, that's how it is in the locker room. You give me a team where guys like each other, we're going to bust their ass every time because I mean, you're too nice. And as a leader, you either focus on the task or you focus on the relationship. I had to focus on the task. The task was to win. So I'm the big brother, you little brother, you may not like my ways. And he was different. He was extraterrestrial different. He's the guy that's gonna be in the gym 100 hours a day, not me. I'm three hours, then I'm going to South Beach, I'm going to Prime 112, then I get back when I get back. <laughs> and he was like, no, I ain't him. But it's different ways to win. But people always ask me, if you had to go back and do it again, what would you do? Nothing, because he won three out of four. After we played, I wish we could have communicated more.
because I still have sleepless nights because I was hit with a double whammy. Sister passed away first and I only saw her four times. And I'm quick to, I gotta go do this podcast, I'll call them later, and then never get to it. So when I found out, you know, my sister called me on Thursday, like I'm in the hospital, I go see her. Hey baby, you okay? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. All right, I gotta go to LA, I'll be back on Sunday. You want me to stay? I can't, no, I don't cancel, I leave. As I'm on the plane, she passes away. So I'm sick about that. And I can't sleep now. Like I'll, I'll be watching Netflix and I'll be watching a whole bunch of shit. So then one day I'm, I'm sitting in, in the house and my son come up crying. So you know when your son come up crying, you try to think about shit before like, oh, is it grandma, is it his, is his mom, is it my mama? And he said, yo man, Kobe just died in a helicopter crash. And I was just watching the, the, the night before when LeBron passed him up, I was like, yo bullshit, it's a hoax, stop it. And Shawnee called me crying. And I said, hold on, let, let, me, let me verify it. And I called my guy from the sheriff's office, he said it was true. I started crying. And I'm like, God damn it, I didn't even holler at him. I was telling him, you know, we did the sit down everybody was waiting for, that, that's the last time I hollered, like I didn't get the number. I didn't text him, I didn't holler him, and that still haunts me. All the shit we went through, we could have shook hands and put that aside, because people think it was worse than it was. It's just two brothers going at it, two guys with, you know, difference of opinion. I always tell people, after my first championship, when I go like this, it's a million motherfuckers in the arena. Who jumps in my arms first? So if we hate each other, how you have that moment? Look, I got a little brother, we argue all the time. My cousin lived with me, we argue and fight all the time. But the thing that kept us going was the respect. When I get double teamed, you know I'm looking for him. When he get double teamed by the room, he looking for me. All that other shit that everybody was trying to boom, 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 boom. And then when I left, it wasn't about me and him, it was about the business of basketball. They wanted to go younger. They said, hey man, we we owe you 40 next year, but you know we don't want to give it to you. We want, we want you to go down to 25. 25 plus FICA in LA, that's, that's my fucking 12 million. I ain't doing that shit. I ain't doing that shit. No way, I got five kids. No, hell no. So then, you know, they, they said we gonna trade you. And that's how I got to Miami. But being that I was who I was, I got to pick and choose where I go. Cause I'm, I'm watching TV and I'm like, this motherfucker Miami, he nice. Right. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to Miami. And that's how I got to Miami. You have so, any regrets with no. Kobe? Yeah, with, that, just, with the whole LA situation, because it seems not, like it, it seemed like not, it got to you, bro. While we played, no, I don't have any regrets while we played, because that that listen, that, that that's how it is. It, that's how it was in high school. You gotta jump on your boys. Your boys jump on you. That's how it was at LSU. That is, but the respect was there. Like, yeah, I ain't gonna never disrespect you. You you never disrespect me. But you know, I think the people. And look, he he had his his guy. He talked to. I had my guy. He was talked to. But I was looking at it as a marketing standpoint. I want you to talk about me. I want you to talk about me. Please, please talk about me. Keep my name in your mouth and, you know, keep thinking we ain't going to win. You know, we're down a series. Keep thinking we're not going to win. And, you know, they, they made it look like, oh, they couldn't get along. Hey, it had nothing to do with that. I'm not going from 40 to 25. No way. And then I get to, you know, Miami and they give me what I want. So, no, I'm not going to do that. And, but, you know, it's like every basic karate movie. At some point, the young Jedi must take out the master. It's like every, you know, Godfather movie. I was a Godfather for a long time, and they, they clipped me, boom, boom, boom. They thought I was dead. I ended up in Miami, and I started a new family. So, 
and this business. I didn't take it personal. The only thing I regret is I could have hollered. Yeah. Just could have hollered. Like, what do you think kept you both from reaching out and doing that? I don't, I don't have no excuses, but I work a lot, brother. I have, I have a... I have a queen named Dr. Lucille O'Neill. I got to make sure she's straight. I got two wonderful ladies who gave me children. I got to make sure they're straight. I got six kids. I got to make sure they're straight. I got businesses to make sure people are. I got it. So I work a lot. That's an excuse. I shouldn't have an excuse. I should because it, it don't it, it don't take you nothing to go. But because we on the phone anyway, world star looking at this. They look TikTok. So it don't. It don't take you no time to be like, hey man, what's happening? Like a text or something. I never, I never did it. He never did it, and that's what hurt me the most. It really is. I, I like, I, I think about it all the time, and I have, I have pictures of him in my house. So when I see him, I'm like, and I have pictures of my sister. I'm like, and I, I can't sleep. So I, only thing about my sleep deprivation is I still get six, seven hours. But tonight I'm gonna probably get home by twelve, smoke some hookah, watch some TV, <laughs> look at some highlights, and just be like two. Three, four, five, and then probably get in the bed about six. Wow. And then wake up around one. I, 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 I can't sleep, brother. Can't sleep. Share with us your favorite Kobe My memory favorite. or story that just makes you smile every time. So I think it's our, it's our first year after we had the scare in Portland, but now we're in the finals. I file out. Refs yeah, refs is bullshit in Indiana. I'm nervous because I'm like, fuck, we don't win. I already know it's coming here. We up three, they tie this, we're gonna be in trouble. Everybody's panicking on the bench and Kobe goes. I'm like, my fuck. And he whispers, I got you, big dog. That's what he says. I got and you, big dog. Yeah, in that little five, six minutes, I'm I'm on the bench like, like I knew he was nice, but I'm like, damn. Went crazy. Yeah, he went crazy. And then I, I just look, I got the press card and says, my the best player in the world. Yes. <laughs> No, he, he really is. Like, it, any motherfucker that's going to tell you they're going to, like, Mike was like that. But anybody that's going to say, watch this, and they do it. And he was like that. Like, when, like, like his rookie year, he used to be practicing moves without the ball and shoot around because he didn't start, so he'd be in the corner like. For <laughs> <laughs> real. No, no. That's what motherfucker did be. Like, he'd shoot, and he'd motherfucker get his elbow. Like, like, he, did, he, he was doing all that, and people thought he was crazy, but. You know, when they talk about that first in the gym and last league, that was him. He worked out like that. Like he, he really wanted to be the best. Like the best title is throwing around too much for me. I want right. to be the most dominant. I want my to be afraid of me. I don't forget all that best. I'm not, because my, my thing is who I'm working out for. Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Sean Bradley. Chris Dudley. Right. No, Chris Dudley yeah, still yeah, won't yeah, put yeah, hands yeah. on you. Man, listen. <laughs> so is, I, who, who, who you put your nuts all on your shoulders? I'm Dudley, and then mush him into the stand. Why do you mean, man, like that shot? Because when I got the ball and I'm looking, and you motherfuckers not doubling, I take that as a sign of disrespect. But you ain't got to put your nuts yeah, on your shoulders. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you better double, triple me. I take it as a sign of disrespect. That's why when, when we played Philly in the finals, I was going so hard at the Kimback. Because they oh, thought they were single. No, no, he's like, oh, I'm the defensive player of the year. We're going to see. Put this bow right in your face. I'm about to say, you did the Kimbe wrong. Yeah, right? yeah. Hey, that man just wanted world uh, peace. Nope. He ain't even put his finger up no more. He <laughs> was just, right. he was just <laughs> shaking his fist. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but, Seth, I got to ask you, man. You know, I'm the nasty one on the show. Bro, you're a gigantic. <laughs> oh, like, like, I gave you dap, oh. and my head hit your nipple when we dapped up. <laughs> Bro, what, what, what challenges? 
Does your size give in sexual relations with a woman? <sighs> give me, give, give, I need, I need three follow-ups because I have some stuff. I have some stuff I had to ask. I'm not answering that because you didn't ask Beasley that. So I'm, I'm, I'm well, Shaq, you're a huge. If nah. you go missionary, like I like to go missionary and kiss when I'm doing it. If you go missionary, the girl licking your belly button. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, like, what's, what goes on? Like, what's your sexual relations like? You're too big to have normal sexual relations. I'm a saver myself. <laughs> what is it? You say you got five, six of them, Coach. You ain't saving yourself. Right you got six kids, Coach. Hey, hey, what, what is it called in the NBA right now? When they say you and they sell? It's low management. Low management. Low management. No low management. You got six kids. Like, what? The challenges is there certain positions you can do? Like, what What goes on when you're your size with a normal size human being? It's all about geometry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like a view, like so right so here. Let right me now. see. So you're the big bottle. So seven foot one. And yeah, look, and the girl's the, the little bottle. You see the head is right there. You see okay. the midsection is right where it needs to be. <laughs> but Geometry. it's not where it needs to be because I know where the, the genitals are. And I, and that's why you got to arch that back and look. <laughs> oh, I got to look. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This boy crazy. I, I, I knew it was coming. I was waiting on it. Like, it, it, like, I'm saving myself. That, that's all I'm doing. You're a virgin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, but we started this whole thing, and the man said, I made mistakes. Yeah. Right. Them mistakes wasn't eating too many wings. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so what I do know is yeah, he yeah, ain't yeah. saving himself. No, no, no. He can't, can't, he can't 69. <laughs> you, do you 34 and a half? Or what do you do? Do y'all split split options? <laughs> but I need to know, man. You big as sh- Good boy crazy right now. <laughs> that is crazy, man. That's why I love this show. Hey. This guy, he's amazing. He's amazing. I just fill in. And, uh, but I mean, just for me, this is it for me, man, because I watch you guys a lot on uh, TNT. I, I love everything you do, man, what you stand for, business life as a person. You know, you just straight up, you know, the Lakers. You would think me and Channing were chilly. Dude. I got the Lakers jersey. He got a hat. What's up? They what, suck. What's no. going on with them? Charles said it, and I didn't believe it, but starting to think about it. They may be a little too old. You know, with us being fans and us recognizing greatness, when you put those names together like this summer, I was like, ooh, Westbrook? Right. Ooh, Melo? Yeah. I thought they were going to do something, but, you know, the only knock on LeBron is that. They don't fear him anymore. Right. He's he's older, and they know he's getting older. So these these young John Morant and them people, they, they, they don't care nothing about that no more. When you got that, and then you got guys made in and out, and you got Anthony Davis being nicknamed Street Clothes, the guy that's supposed to take him, he's not playing. It's not going to turn out great. And then, you know, uh, Color man, street clothes though. I'm trying not to laugh. Barkley said that. Yeah, Barkley him with the street clothes. But uh, I think you have to look at the people who put that together. Yeah. I think, you, I think you're gonna have to get some younger people around. Brown, Brown, and Russ was having a. Never seen him off like that before. I think you know a lot of things you know just got to his head. But hopefully they can they they can come back. But I, I wouldn't think they'd miss the playoffs totally. But like like they like they didn't even make the playoffs so. I think Russ needs LASIK. I don't think he can see the rim. You're not going to, that's my, that's my favorite current player. You're going to stop. Russell Westbrook? Yes. Bro, he can't shoot no more. He doesn't even hit the rim. Sometimes. Sometimes it hits the Sometimes 
It's like Shaq shooting free throws. Don't stop it. That's like, yeah, I don't know. I thought Shaq needed, but Fred, I see now his eyes so close together. I see why when you be close to the rim, you the bench and talk shit when I, when I miss free throws, but when I make him, I come back to the bench. He, he give me this. Back yeah. in my hand. Yes, back yeah. in my hand. He'd be like that. No, so I, I, I was the biggest, I was Shaq, a big, 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 no, big supporter. Shaq, what happened with the free throws, man? All them years, bro, you can't, this rim right there, you standing there. Bro, first, just, first, first of all, I, just throw them in there. First of all, my average is 50%. That's make one, miss one. You talking to me 50%? like I don't hear. 50%? My f- let's make one, miss one. That is terrible. You're right, but it's still make one miss one. <laughs> You're right, it's terrible. That's but true, it's make one miss one. But you acting like I don't hit the motherfuckers at all. When I need to hit him, I'm hit him. Like I said, he, he used to be behind the bench like. <laughs> hey, I mean, the basketball then, looked no, like an no, orange in his no, head. No, he would, but then, but then, like, you know, when I hit the ones that I need to hit, like, you know, game four against the Mavericks. Yeah. But, but no, no, no. Does that have anything to do with it? Because I heard no, that. Your was, hands are too big to shoot the ball because you hold was, that motherfucker like it's a marble. It was and you've been looking all awkward. I think it was a way to keep me humble. Imagine me being me and shooting like Steph Curry. I wouldn't even be here right now. I'd be so arrogant. Think about that. I think it just kept me humble. Because there was no, it was something I knew, something I wasn't really good at, I had to work on. and. It made me vulnerable, but I think about it all the time. If I was me, the way I played and shot that motherfucker like Curry 90%, you already can't tell me nothing, but just imagine me right. being that. I wanted to pass Wilt Chamberlain in up in points. Because yeah. I was going to have a very arrogant press conference. I'm the most dominant motherfucker ever. I don't want to hear nobody else's name, period. Shut up. So my question to the panel is, once LeBron passes Kareem, is that going to make him the best player ever? No. Okay. No. MJ. It does give him, though, the greatest career ever. I think. You ain't making no sense. I, I'm no, making a no, ton no, of no. sense. He, he passed. He, he, he's, if he passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in points, he already passed. Your man Jordan in points. So yeah, why, but I also mean, so too, why that don't make him the best player because, ever? Because when we're talking about the best player, that doesn't, to me, include longevity. The best player is the Shaq. I'm going to say this, Shaq. When, I don't have an answer. I'm, 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 just, I'm a Michael Jordan, Kobe me, fan. Like, me I, I like, I like me, killers, me right? I like killers. And the thing I remember the most about Michael Jordan when he was at his peak, my pops was a, a Detroit Pistons fan. And he would walk around the house saying, bad boys, bad boys. And I would cry like when they would beat him, you know what I mean? And then when Mike really became Mike, I remember never having fear. Whether it was Utah, Phoenix, if it's Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals, I never panicked because I was like, they got Mike. Okay, and that, and the, the, the separation between Mike and the rest of the world was so big and so vast, it looked like he came from the future. Okay, but That's we live, not Brian. But we live in a world with titles, right? Yeah. So if Charlie with his lovely camera get 10 Oscars and then my man get the same camera and he get 12 Oscars, wouldn't that make him better than Charlie? I'm just asking. So you talking Why, because you trying to say Bill Russell? No, I'm just saying. Brian unpassed everybody up, so how come he's not the best? He's talking about not in titles, but in numbers, in numbers and his stats, he and play, his points. He played Kobe, in my he book, Mike. Big dog in my book, I, I, I'm, I'm rocking with Brian. I love Mike growing up, but I'm looking at longevity. I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at what Brian did. I know exactly what Brian's trying to do. He's trying to pass that man up in points. Yeah. Kareem. Yeah, yeah. sure. I and would. he will. It's coming. No, he will. I will. It's, it's definitely here. And that's going to be an interesting conversation. So I think the, the, the last question I would have is, you know, we've talked about many of your accolades and all the things that you've accomplished. 
and you sit in the same seat I sit in for football now. When you hear these players being compared to you, because they speak about them in dominance, the KDs, Giannis is a name they use very often in comparison to you. When you hear those things, are you like, shit, they yes. ain't nowhere near as dominant as me? Yes, or is it a... I do. Wow. Because a lot of times they just throw these words around based on one game, two game, one year. Like when you look at the things that Will and I did our whole career, nobody ever played me one-on-one. -on -one. Like if I, if I got played one-on-one -on -one and get 40, and then I come home, my father would be like, you should have played, you should have had 60. They ain't W. I don't want to hear that 40. So he, he's, he is playing great. But one, it's an honor to have these guys compared to me. It's an honor. But arrogantly and athletically speaking, I'm like, no, nah, they don't. They don't get no props. Giannis gets props. Everybody else, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear no other names about what they're doing, how they beat, all that. Now, Giannis gets props because Giannis play. He play hard. He play strong. He don't care about the next guy. He's not trying to leave his little ass city and go to a big city and get more props. I, I messes with Giannis. But big men ain't respected like that no more, Shaq. I, I got to break it to you. They ain't. The big men ain't. Because they like to step out and shoot threes. So like a guy told me one day, you couldn't play today. I said, I'd be dominant because I'm not going to do what everybody else do. I'm different. I'm not, I ain't shooting no more. Three. As soon as Joe shoot a three, I'm gonna run by his ass, Fred gonna get the rebound, throw it to me, and I'm gonna try to tear the motherfucker rim up. But we 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 really we talked about even beforehand, and I'll wrap this. I'll, I'll let LSU brother wrap it, but I'll yeah, get close to it. I but we talked right about beforehand. I don't want to be wrapped by no gator anyway. Look at you, bro. <laughs> but we talked about the rule changes, NFL. You know that made the game it's better. It's, it's, it's softer. It's softer. It's the same softer. thing with your league, with the NBA, right? It's so soft. So Super we talked about that. So we we all can imagine what you would do in today's uh, oh, I'm in today's I'm, game. I'm, I'm, I'm averaging fifty. Right. The reason why I'm averaging fifty. If you paying dudes two fifty, what you gonna pay me? Three hundred. Yeah. But and then and then and then and then this is a flagrant foul. Your ass gonna be thrown out the game trying to stop me. Biggest yeah. pivot in life. When you look at the situation that Shaquille O'Neal with whatever arrogance, with, with what, whatever ego, with whatever ever accomplishments, the biggest change or adjustment mm -hmm. you ever had to make or a life-changing event that happened to you that caused Shaquille O'Neal to be different, what would it be? You just realize that just because things you do may make it seem like you're perfect, you're not perfect. Big mistake in the Penny relationship, big mistake in the COVID relationship, horrible mistake in both marriages. Other than that, I don't really dwell on a lot, but those things I, I really dwell on. Cause one, I know better. And sometimes when you get, you know, and I don't like to make excuses, but I had, I had, I had a lot going on. I was arrogant, I was dumb. And sometimes when you do a lot of stuff, you don't want to work at stuff. Like when I come home, I want it to be a certain way, but you're all married and it ain't like that. They have feelings, they have wants too, and I'm, I ain't doing all that. So those are only three major regrets that, that I have. Everything else I try not to dwell on. Glad that I've, I've lived my life and I did it my way. Uh, talking to ugly ass boy over here. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't hold back what I say. 
I'm not going to disrespect you, but you're not going to make me believe what you want me to believe. 50 years old. My way has been working, so I'm going to continue to do it my way. And if I happen to say something and we get go viral and all that, I'll know if I made a mistake when I get the call from the woman of my dreams, Dr. Lucille O'Neill, and then I'll correct it. If she called me and said, baby, don't do that. Don't do that. Then I'll say, I f***ed up. But if I don't get that call, you can tweet and write and complain and do all that. It don't matter because, you know, we're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to be able to have a voice of opinion. I don't like dudes that went to that went to University of Florida. I don't mean <laughs> you know I'm gonna disrespect hey, them. I, I don't like them. No, I just I, wanted to say hold on, one man, regret. Hey, man, I ain't finished talking. One man. regret. I don't okay. like dudes that went to Arkansas. I hate dudes that went to Mississippi State. That, that, that's just how we are, LSU. Yeah. But you know, you know, you ain't gonna change. In, interrupt me one more time. We'll see what Listen, happens. Listen, Shaq, I'm gonna dive on your big ass. <laughs> Listen, you, you went the wrong one. You know what? You know what? The best, biggest regret was your yeah. ass ain't wearing no motherfucking socks tonight. You ass ankle motherfucker. <laughs> My dad. Y'all gonna have me on the show anytime. Hey, boy. like Grace Sinatra said, man, you did it your way, man. We're so grateful you came in, dog. We appreciate you, my guy, dog. Aristotle. You stupid, dog. Appreciate you, big homie. Thank you, my dog. Hold up. Limitless. Take a simic cap in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. No one me, I got the key. Only vision I can trust, trust, limitless, niggas send me cap in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up.